the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, good soggy afternoon to Southern California. Welcome to SoCal Live. I'm your guest host, Pastor Rob McCoy. I'm the pastor at God Speak Church in Thousand Oaks, California. And with me is my sidekick. I call him Super Bryce, but uh, Bryce Eddy, you're you're keeping the the planes landing. You're air traffic control, and you have uh, you, you've lined up for us today some amazing guests. Uh, you wanna you wanna tell us who we got in, in both hours today? So let everybody know. Yeah, yeah, this is exciting. So today we've got uh, Congressman Bob McEwen, six term congressman, and uh, one of the smartest guys I know. Me so too. Yeah, I'm excited about that. My uh, my. Brain blows up every time I hear him. <laughs> Gives me stretch marks in my brain. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, we've got Jorge Ventura, a citizen journalist uh, with the Daily Caller. The guy's essentially a war correspondent. You he, know? Totally. And, and some of the, the greatest clips we have, uh, it, he's, he's offered, he's provided. Yeah, this guy's on the front lines. For sure. He's been on the front lines of the, the riots that we had uh, the, the last year and some of the craziness going on now down at the border. And we're going to talk to him about that. Yeah, the border crisis. Yeah. And then we've got the uh, youngest congressman. In, in the history uh, of the country. Yeah, that's right. Madison Cawthorn. He's going to be here and talk, uh, you know, about what's uh, what's dysfunctional in, in our um, government right now. And then we also have a fireman coming in from Beverly Hills because we're watching as the, these uh, the, these county employees, city employees are contending with the governor um, in, in relation to um, the mandated vaccinations. And, and there's a pushback and they've started to unionize. And we're seeing this happen. And this is one of the folks coming out as a representative wanting to talk about it. So we're going to do that in the second segment of the second hour. Yeah, and um, in the uh, end of each hour, we're going to be taking your calls. So make sure that you've got the number handy. That's 888-528-2557. Again, that's 888-528-2557. So the, the last segment of each hour, we're taking calls. This is your this is your time, folks. This is, this is for you to comment on, on our guests, to comment on any of the issues we've been dealing with. And whether you agree or disagree, but we're going to have some fun today, and this is going to be the freest hour in America because we know that the Internet is censored, but not here at Salem. They may not agree with the things I say, but they give me the freedom to say that, and I thank Salem for it. KKLA, KPRZ, God bless you guys. Now we're going to begin with our guest because we got to quit talking. This guy's amazing. Uh, Congressman McEwen, six-term congressman from the great state of Ohio. You served with Reagan. You are an amazing blessing to the country. Before I let you share, I want to simply set the stage. I, I listened to you for the very first time years ago, and I was mesmerized. Your grasp of American history and how it ties in, your love for the Lord intertwining, and I've heard you speak in churches, the way you present the gospel is one of the most profound things I've ever seen. You and Liz are adoptive parents. You understand the value of family. All that you do to defend this nation and the way you articulate it, and I want to set the stage for you. I, I, I know it's Congressman Bob McEwen. I call you Bob. Bob, you, um, sure. you, you know the story of three to five million Jews enslaved in Egypt, crying out to God for deliver. God sends Moses, and, and then the ten plagues, God delivers them, drowns Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea, and when they get across to the wilderness, God has them set up a, a memorial, and this idea is to remember 
And we know the longest-running family meal in world history is the Seder meal, the Passover meal. And, and, and the idea is to remember. Remember you were once enslaved, and now you're free. And, and now you, you see three to five million Jews set free, given, in a sense, a constitutional republic, because Jethro said to Moses, appoint godly men who are not covetous, who love the law, appoint them over thousands, hundreds, fifties, tens, federal, state, county, local. And then he gave them the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, the moral law. And three to five million people lived together for 40 years without a police force or a standing army. And the significance of, of, of a government that is effective, understanding the fallen nature of man. And I share all this, Bob, because I, I wanted you today to come in as my friend and also as a great gift and, and most underutilized asset in America. I wanted you to r- remind our listeners, what does it mean to be an American what is an American, and who are we, and what's the significance of this, and why is our nation exceptional? And that's Very all good. for you, Bob. Take it. <laughs> well, th- thank you, Rob. It's so great to be with both of you and, and all of your friends to recognize that uh, throughout history, as you mentioned, there was, there was slavery. And that all changed on one day, and that was July 4th, 1776, when 56 men got together and said, we, we're going to do it differently. That power is not going to flow because of your bloodline, not because of of your ancestry or how much land you own, but because God made you, you are equal in his sight, therefore you will be equal in all of our sight. So we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator. So prior to that time, slavery was ubiquitous throughout all recorded history. From that day forward, those 56 men so upset the apple cart that slavery has been, has been anathema ever since. So when, when America came along and allowed people to come, just to this day, if you're an Olympic meeting, can you say, and the person uh, in the diving is coming from Finland, and the next person's from Ethiopia, and the next person's from China, and the next person's from Brazil, you have some concept as to what those people are going to look like. Right. But when they say there's an American, you have no clue what they're going to look like because America is not, they're not physical. America is a spiritual idea that because God made people that they would be made to be equal in each other's sight and God could bless them so that they could come from China or they could come from India, one of the poorest nations on the planet. And yet you take any group of of pharmacists or engineers or doctors and you'll find a disproportionate number of people that were born in India, but they became Americans and are excessively uh, wealthy in this nation. So what what made that possible? Bob, you... For for those of you who are just joining us, uh, our, our guest today on SoCal Live is Congressman Bob McEwen, and I'm your guest host, Rob McCoy. And I, I, Bob, I, I am so perplexed by the idea that they declare America to be systemically racist. Now, I, I know that there are folks that are racist in America, but to say that Americans are systemically racist and to talk about this critical race theory. Can, can you help the, the mm-hmm. listeners understand mm-hmm. why this is just not the case historically in the United States? Well, there's always been the, the idea as to where power comes from. And it either comes from the group, from the tribe that you belong to, so then you could steal the horses or the wives or from whatever tribe or kill, kill the folks, or it could come, they could form a nation, or it would come from God. And when in America made that distinction, that really allowed this little 4% of the population of the world to explode and create more books, plays, symphonies, copyrights, inventions than the other 96% combined. And let's just hit that a bit because a 30-year-old, when you ask them, say, what about America? They stumble around and the only thing they can tell you is that it had slavery at its 
beginning, and of course the fact that they got rid of it, but that's not enough for them. That's really all they know. You see an airplane flying over air. That airplane was made by, was invented by Americans. The tires on the plane were, were the, the vulcanization process by Charlie Goodyear from Akron, Ohio. Air, the light bulbs from Thomas Edison. The, the air traffic control system that every plane uses to land on every landing strip across the globe, every ship and every port. So um, why did this 4% do things so much greater than all the rest? Well, it's because of freedom and the free enterprise system that anybody could go into business. Let's just quickly go to that. If you and I go to Mexico tomorrow, you and I can't go in the trucking business. We can't go in the oil business. We can't go in the grocery business. Why? Because you have a thing called socialism. That's government control of the tools of production. So in order to go in the grocery business or to go in the trucking business, we would have to get permission from the government to do that. In America, you could vote into, you could row into Long Beach from, from Vietnam and uh, eight in the morning. You can own three 7-Elevens by midnight because in America, you could based upon who you are, not because government gave you that permission. That changed everything from the idea that I could control other folks, which is what what uh, the tribal did. And then under communism, Karl Marx, just an evil, evil, vicious, evil man who whose body odor was so uh, repulsive that people couldn't stand it. But he's just, he, he hated the world so much, he saw what was happening in America. And he said, what's going to happen is that the people who build these factories and make these things, they're not going to treat people well. And there will be this thing called oppressors and the oppressed. And we think the oppressors are going to be the inventors, the creators, the people that create the jobs. And the oppressed will be the people that work there. Well, we now know what we've known all along, but it's now been proven, that free enterprise lifts all boats. Everybody, that the black in America, if you just took blacks in America, and you took the GDP, the gross domestic product of all the blacks in the United States, it would be the 15th richest nation on the planet. There there aren't 30 countries in Africa combined that had the GDP of the Africans, African-Americans that live in this country. So that didn't work real well on the poverty sense. So then they began this thing called critical race theory. And that is we're not going to have the oppressors be people with capital. And the oppressed were the poor folks with the pickup truck and, and the summer cabin and the boat. They're, they're not falling in the line like they should. So we need another vehicle. And the vehicle we're going to choose is race. And we're going to try to divide these things up, and we're going to say that, that this group oppresses those that group. And under critical race theory, at this moment, in the state of California and elsewhere, a little five-year-old that's been playing with a person of regardless of their ancestry, because chances in America, you don't know what what your bloodline is. You've got Hispanic and African-American and all the rest in there. But we're going to try to drive wedges between these two such that we can Exploiting historical wounds. Reinstitute racism. Right. And that's what their desire is, and that's what this is all about. And it's the intersectionality of, of victimization groups. So where do the, what is intersectionality? That is, we're going to give you points on how you can prove to be offended. And so if you're left-handed, as you saw the the uh, professor in the last couple of days, we'll give you points for being left-handed. We, we so, are oppressed. Yeah. It's true. And, yeah. and four, of the, four of the last six presidents were oppressed as well because they were left-handed also. And, but we're, we're going to figure out these ways to give points on who we can, how we can have oppressed. Because, and, and it's what happens when man forgets God. Yeah. When you see God in a person, you protect their life and who and what they are. You have to extract the God first. And from, once, from that on, then I become the standard and I I will say the standard that 
this person is bad and that person is evil, and that's why America was different. For those of you joining us, uh, SoCal Live, I'm Rob McCoy. I'm the guest host, and our guest today is Congressman Bob McEwen. I'm joined with Bryce Eddy, and we're taking a look at critical race theory. We've also kind of taken a look at the history of the nation and why this nation is not systemically racist, why our founding is so significant that 4% of the world's population is responsible for 96% of the country's inventions combined. I mean, we blow the world out of the water when it comes to freedom. And now we're looking at critical race theory with this intersectionality of victimization groups. And and Bob, you, you, Congressman McCune, you, you talk about you know, you, you get points for certain aspects of victimization. And so those are the exploiting of historical wounds or folks that couldn't get traction in culture because the, the logic of their position doesn't hold. So what we're finding with critical race theory is they want to remove this idea of 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 um, enlightenment thinkers and empirical data and the scientific method and, and absolute truth. And they say it doesn't exist, that absolute truth is, de- is defined by their political prowess and what they control. Would you agree with that or would you add to it? What's your thoughts on that? Well, it, it, it's cyclical. Uh, that's what man does when he forgets God. And so you can go to Rome uh, and the first chapter of Romans where they, having abandoned God, what's going to be power? Well, we're going to worship the fire and things and begin to create, to worship the creation and not the creator. Right. So they became environmentalists and we're going to worship the environment because, and and then of course, eventually they begin killing at will. Uh, It's shortly before uh, in, in Mexico, shortly before the, the first discovery by the, by the, uh, uh, conquistadors, and one of the celebrations, they killed 84,000 people at, in Mexico City at the rededication of one of their temples. So man without God always ends up killing. When when this nation was founded upon godly principles, that meant that everyone could come and could and be treated, and, and we would protect life. Now, no other nation ever did that. So we would protect life, and then we would have liberty. Now, what's happened in the last few years, uh, as you know, that Ronald Reagan was president of 220 million people. Now we have 330. Now, who are those people? Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, those, those people are what they would say are black or brown. Those are people that have come to this country. Why? Because this is the one place where they could prosper and succeed. So if this nation were so evil, and if this nation were so systemically racist, if if this nation were so bad, someone should tell these folks. Yeah. I mean, they keep coming in, in droves and walking over fences and barbed wire and, and swimming oceans and doing everything possible to get to this horrible, horrible place that these white professors in these college try to tell us that somehow or another we don't know what they know. It's fascinating to note that the most successful immigrants in our country are Nigerians. Mm -hmm. And and, and then you you look at Asian Americans that do better per capita than than white Americans. So this immutable trait of melanin content or lack thereof is – it really – Yeah, it boils down to an ideology. They're they're not concerned with my melanin content. They're not concerned with my sexual preference or – or, uh, you know, whatever. The, the concern is that I have a belief in God. And the, and the other side is pagan. So God says or man says. And they're trying to separate us and take away this idea that Christianity is a construct of, of the white man. And, and I love what Vadi Bachman or Bachum says, Vodi Bachum says, when he talked to his students in, uh, is it, is it, um, uh, what country is he? Zambia. Zambia. As he's teaching these these Africans in Zambia in the Bible college, he says, look where all the wealth consists in the Western 
in the Western world. And they say, well, then white man's superior. And he says, no, white man's not superior. He says, now take a look at where the Reformation occurred and where civil government was established with these ideas. And he says, if you have these ideas, you'll be just as successful. And they, they got it. There is no significance in the melanin content. Correct. It is not a construct of white man. It is a gift from God that if you apply it to any nation, it will succeed. And the United States is built on those principles, and so it incorporates them. And so now they're trying to say that those ideas of respect for each other and respect for property, and that those were white ideas. Well, they weren't white ideas. Let's just take India. India is massively, massively poor. Uh, and as we've already just mentioned, they're also very, very bright people. But they would create these places called enterprise zones in, in India and go in and put an American factory there, American homes. They would put gates around it, and they would behave in, in a Western manner. That is, instead of having a baby laying on the sidewalk and everybody was stepping over it because they didn't want to help the baby, they want the baby to die to move to the next level, or letting a, a, letting a cow come in and eat the food as the children are starving. Instead, we would go back and take the godly principles of respect for property and individuals, and we see that there is an explosion of productivity and, and wealth in those enterprise zones. Why? Not because of the, the skin color had nothing to do with right. it. It had the principles that were based upon the Word of God. And our founders didn't want us to ever abandon that. So they said that no one can hold a position of public trust without first swearing allegiance to God on the Bible. That's awesome. Now, now Congressman McEwen, we're, we're in the middle, especially here in California, where we've got, we've got mandates from the governor for, for this, this mm-hmm. shot to be put into our children. Uh, we're watching as a county and federal, or excuse me, county and, and city uh, workers are, are losing their jobs. Nurses, doctors are losing their jobs because of their refusal, refusal to be in, injected with a shot that has killed now 16,000 healthy Americans. You, you, your family suffered through a pandemic. Uh, didn't your your mother died of polio and you lost a, a brother? Was it to polio? Yes, and, and many people, all in a year. Many people did. Uh, as I mentioned in the, my first breakfast, I was sworn into office at noon as a member of Congress. The next breakfast morning, it, there was an event of some kind, and I just made the notice because the conversation turned uh, around to as we told about ourselves. Six of the nine people at this breakfast table were members of Congress who had in their body a severe penalty of having had had polio. My predecessor, half of his face was paralyzed. Now, you've got to stop and think about that. It, people, is like when you have a stroke. He would carry a pipe in his mouth in order to keep the, his lip up, and, and he, he mumbled a lot, and yet he became a prosecutor and a congressman for 20 years uh, because he had had polio. So we, we went through all of that. What's, what's happening now is our Constitution was designed for one purpose, and I'll just repeat that again. It was only designed for one purpose. It was designed to prevent tyranny. It wasn't made to be powerful or to to be efficient. It was made to prevent the natural tendency of individuals to empower themselves over the weaker. And under our system of government, that you don't have a king, you don't have an emperor, you don't have people giving orders. In order to do something, you had representatives of the people had to approve it. A president had had to agree to it. And a court had to say that you were within the confines of the Constitution. So it's a very complicated process in order to prevent 
tyranny. Well, part of that means you have to have a free people that demand that government not impose themselves. And what we've seen lately is that we've allowed a governor and a handful of bureaucrats to say, I want you to do something. And people have fallen over like cordwood agreeing to do it. The idea that the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, that nobody in this room or around here can tell me, it can describe where it is. They might be able to find the city or the state, but they don't know a single human being that works there. That that person, under our system of uh, the current administration in Washington, they appointed a person at the CDC that wrote an, an order. Now, it has no authority. Under the Constitution, there is none. But that person that no one can name said that a farmer in Montana who is renting a lot from his ranch to some person who's there uh, spending the summer, he can't charge him rent during the pandemic. Now, there is no system of government in the United States that allows that to happen. To have a, a governor in Sacramento to say, I don't want you to sing. I don't want the Catholics to pray the rosary because that is a chant, and I don't want them to chant. And that we submit to it. And if we do, this nation was made for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Unless we have moral principles to stand up, then we are in trouble. And that's kind of where we are at this moment. If people do not stand up and push back, then this great hope and opportunity for the world will mm. slip through our fingers. Oh, for those of you joining us, uh, you're at SoCal Live. I'm Rob McCoy, the guest host. And today joining us uh, in studio is Congressman Bob McEwen fascinating bob that this the the realization of what we're facing and 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 not unlike i would assume nazi germany in 19 say 35 as hitler's coming on a rise to power bonhoeffer is contending with him dietrich bonhoeffer and first they just tell the jews that they're to be segregated and then they're not they're not killing anyone in the 30s um and, and then they isolate them and they then they put them in ghettos and then we have to move you to concentration camps for your safety and everything was done incrementally but but the idea of but, tyranny but is for good your people, safety yeah but the, the idea of, of tyranny is that good people submit incrementally to to these orders that are what i'd like to do is is when we come back in the next segment would you elaborate a little bit before we have Jorge Ventura come and just elaborate a little bit on how there's a similarity between what we're facing in the United States uh, and, and what we saw in Nazi Germany in the late 30s going into the 40s and, and how we can stave this off and stop it? Would you, would you be all right with that? Gladly. All right. To it. Well, folks, uh, in the next segment, we're going to have Congressman McEwen share that. We're also have Jorge Ventura, who's going to share what's going on in the border, which is critical. Um, you want to do a call-in number and, and yeah. sign us out? Yeah, yeah. Let's make sure that you call in at 888-528-2557. Also, if you are very, very compelling, you know, we may take early calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, folks, we'll see you uh, in the next segment. God bless you guys. Soggy Southern California, welcome to SoCal Live. I'm your guest host, Pastor Rob McCoy, joined in studio with Super Bryce. And our guest today is Congressman Bob McEwen, six-term congressman from the great state of Ohio. And Bob, before we get to our next guest, Jorge Ventura, who is, we, I mean, basically, Bryce, we consider him a war correspondent for the Daily Caller. I mean, this guy's been on the front line of every major event across the country. Oh, yeah. He's put himself at risk to uh, bring us photos and videos of things yeah. that we would not see otherwise. Yeah. Well, well, we'll be with him shortly. I wanted to just have you follow up real quick, Bob. 
uh, on this idea of where we are in in relation to what we saw in Nazi Germany. Is, is that is that a fair comparison, or am I just way off base? Well, it's exactly the same. How do you get people to give you power? First of all, you have to create an enemy. And as you know, for four years, they had the terrible First World War, a million casualties at Verdun, a million casualties at Somme. And they asked the Americans to come help. Americans came and rescued. May 29th was the first battle. You have June, July, August, September, October. By that time, Germany, everybody recognized, if we continue this, we're going to lose. Therefore, let's have an armistice. November 11th, let's crawl peaks. And with that, they ended the First World War. But they weren't thoroughly defeated. The Germans weren't. And so Hitler went around telling people, look, those people surrendered. And now the inflation was so high and said, who's doing it? The Jews did that. The Jews are the ones that inflated. They're the ones that caused us to surrender when we could have won. They, they quit early. And so he creates this villain. And from once he has the villain, then they give him more power. An essential ingredient about it, however, was that he had to, to neuter the churches. He had to buy off the church so you didn't have a standard of right or wrong. And when you didn't have the standard, then you could make the villain. Then you proceeded to the next step. You see it exactly taking place here, that the churches are non-essential. Therefore, we don't need to worry mm. about what God says. Now we have the villains. Here are the people that don't don't fall into line and do as we say. Therefore, we're going to isolate them, and I will then have total power. That's called tyranny. It's exactly the same as we've seen in history. This is amazing. Uh, Congressman McEwen, Bob, uh, we're going to have more with you. But uh, one of the things that we've been facing, we were talking during the break uh, about what we're seeing on the crisis on the southern border. And, and as we're watching, and, and you, you took a tour down there. You guys have videotapes. These are rape trees that they have, and they, they, they hang the, the panties as trophies, and it's just vile what's happening. One in four women that cross are being raped. We have human trafficking going on. You saw this, Bryce. Yeah, yeah. We, we were down there as uh, representatives uh, to, you know, talking about potential private-public partnerships with uh, securing our border. And the stuff that you see is, is uh, so sickening. It's one thing to hear about rape trees, but it's another thing to see shackles in trees and, and you know, trophies hung in the trees. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, our next guest, Jorge Ventura, is one of those folks that's not you, – you, we see these things on the news. Now, you took a trip down there, but he goes down in the middle of the fight. He goes down in the middle of the controversy, and he gets video footage, and it's been covered on Fox News. I love this guy. I've had the chance to sit with him. I've met him in person. He is fearless. His name's Jorge Ventura. He is a correspondent for The Daily Caller. Jorge, you there? I'm good, buddy. Uh, hey, listen, for all the, the, the listeners here on uh, KPRZ, KKLA, Southern California, can you share with us what you've, uh, what, what you've seen at the southern border as you've been uh, reporting there? And you've done amazing. Where you had a, I, saw, I saw the videotape. You had a gun pulled on you. I mean, this was crazy. Yeah, um, yeah bro, I've, been, I've been covering you know, the border crisis since it became a crisis in the month of March. And, you know, when I got down there, um, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, all the women and children that I was meeting, uh, the migrant women that I would meet and tell me that they were, you know, raped or sexually assaulted on the way, the unaccompanied minors that were meeting, these kids that were traveling alone and been smuggled by these human smugglers. And essentially what we're seeing right now, Rob, is that these Mexican cartels, these human smuggling groups are actually exploiting these migrants and exploiting the migrant policies. They're taking advantage of the policies here in the United States. The biggest factor so far that I've been seeing that that essentially has cause all this and let, let open the floodgates on this, on this border crisis is the, the removal of the remain in Mexico policy. Um, this policy under Trump, you know, anytime a migrant would you know, come into a country illegally and look to seek asylum, they would have to remain in Mexico until their court order. Uh, so essentially, if you were a migrant, you wouldn't even want to even take the risk of the journey and paying cartels and smugglers because you, you still had to remain in Mexico. The Biden administration came in on day one with an executive order, removed that policy, 
and it's just let open the, the floodgates. I mean, the months of July and August were the first month ever in Border Patrol history that we had back-to-back 200,000 apprehensions. Uh, the fiscal year just ended this month, and they're saying that under Biden's watch, 125,000 unaccompanied minors uh, reached the border. I spoke to a Border Patrol agent who told me that these human smugglers are making up to $14 million a day just oh. off smuggling humans, and wow. we're not even counting the drugs yet. You, 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 did, you, did I just hear you right? $14 million a day these, these smugglers are making. Yes, sir. That's correct. Wow. Jorge, uh, and for those of you just joining us right now, KKLA, SoCal Live, uh, KPRZ, our guest is Jorge Ventura. He's a correspondent, a reporter, a field reporter for the Daily Caller, down on the border reporting there. Uh, and and that's shocking. $14 million these smugglers are making a day. Uh, and, and have you, you know, now when Bryce went down uh, to the border and he witnessed, you know, the rape trees with the shackles and then the trophies where they hang the panties of these, these kids that are, and these women that are, you know, molested and raped and abused. Is is this what you're observing uh, in, in your, your coverage of, of the border? Uh, that is correct, Ralph. So when we're down there and kind of, same thing what the congressman was saying is they, they have this thing called the rape trees where these smugglers will rape or sexually assault these migrant women and they would hang up their underwear on these trees almost acting like trophies and kind of giving them this kind of way to brag uh to us on the on the american side that they could do this and get away um a kind of another kind of scary figure here rob is the amount of fentanyl that's coming into our country so fentanyl is coming into our working class communities killing americans every single day i was speaking to one agent who told me that um, the difference between last year and this year is that we're, he's already seen a 600% increase in the fentanyl that was coming in. I was interviewing a police chief down in Arizona who told me that, you know, they would only average, you know, one fentanyl overdose death per year. They're up to 12 now, and that number is only going to increase with the more fentanyl that's coming in because it's easier now because Border Patrol agents are just so overwhelmed dealing with these migrants, with these family units apprehending, you know, having to go through the processing you know, they're undermanned down there at the border. It's actually kind of a common theme down there. Um, you know, we're reporting that we're actually running into the migrants even before the Border Patrol does. Amazing. Because they're so undermanned down there. You were talking about fentanyl. We just, uh, a, a, a family friend, longtime family friend, a, a pastor's son, We my, my girls grew up with him. He died of a fentanyl overdose. Uh, he just had a relapse. He was clean and sober. And and that it was laced with fentanyl, and the next thing you know, he died. And and this is this is what's crossing our border. This is what our uh, our our current administration is doing, and you're witnessing this now, Jorge. You 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 entered into reporting. Um, I mean, this 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 is you weren't political per se. I mean, you just you wanted to get the truth. You you're not left or right. I mean. You jumped into this. I, I I remember having a conversation with you and hearing about your family, and this wasn't something that just came natural to you. You just really were burdened to want to learn how to report. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that, that, that's fair, Rob. You know, I, I jumped in this. You know, I don't have a dog in a fight, not Democrat, Republican, just wanted to give, you know, the American people just kind of a frontline look at some of our biggest stories. So when I first, you know, kind of got on the scene here with the Daily Caller, it was during the riots. Uh, last summer, so covered covered the riots and focused on on small businesses in California. We also focused on mental health of all the kids that were, you know, at home for eight hours, ten hours a day, just looking at a screen. And kind of in the midst of that, the, the border became the number one issue. So I said, maybe we could find out some things that we don't even see in the mainstream media. And like I said, Rob, I was just completely shocked 
when I got to the southern border because usually I was so used to just reading about the southern border, so you always read about the numbers and the statistics. But when you're down there and you get to see that these are actual real people and that this, you know, I think it's appropriate to call it a humanitarian crisis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, at, at our border and the establishment Democrats and the establishment Republicans just seem that they don't want to want to solve this issue. And I just don't understand why. It, it, it the, 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 the human misery that's being created by our, our policies, uh, it's just unconscionable what we're facing. Uh, Jorge, I, I wanted – we have a little bit of time left in this second segment. Would you, would you share about having that gun pulled on you? I mean that was that, – that, that just stunned me because you're my friend and I was worried about you. Yeah, I could, I could definitely talk about that. Uh, right, it, was, it, was a, um, it was a situation that I've never been in. You know, even when I covered the riots and everything like that, that was, that was the one moment that I felt that I was uh, you know, most in danger and – I just didn't. I didn't know, you know, what was going to happen in that moment. But I'm. I'm... Well, I'm, I'm. I'm glad you're safe and you're alive, and and you you were courageous and you, you stayed the course. I mean, it, it, Bryce, this guy's truly a war correspondent, isn't he? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, he's going uh, right into the thick of it. Hey, um, I mean, uh, Jorge, how can we help you? You know, anyway, um, just really just sharing, you know, any content videos. Um, you know, all of my work is going up. You know, you go on my Instagram, it's, it's Jorge Ventura TV on Twitter. It's Ventura Report. All my work goes on, on, on Daily Caller. So, you know, just sharing the work, getting out with the audience. Um, if any if anyone wants to help with, you know, the travel expenses and helping us out, you know, they can always click that link in my bio and my Instagram. It really helps out. It keeps us on the front lines. And we're looking to return back in the border uh, in November now that we have this. It's looking like a 5,000 migrant caravan headed to our southern border. Well, we're we're with you, and you know I'm I'm here to support you. So, folks, uh, you, it, repeat it again for him, Jorge, so that they know how to to support what you're doing. Because we need honest journalism out there that's reporting it, not the narrative uh, of lies. Let's just we we've got human heartache that needs to be reported on. That people know that people are being uh, um, just messed with, and this has to stop. Yeah. So the the best two places is if you can get me on Twitter at Ventura Report. That's where we're breaking you know real life news on on Twitter. You can also follow me on the uh, on Instagram, which is Jorge Ventura TV. We, we put our full stories there, so you're always updated. And, it, and the easy thing with Instagram is you, you just click that link in my bio. It'll, it'll direct you to any PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, anything like that. And all that goes goes towards us, you know, funding our trips on the road and staying on the on the front lines and just continuing to show the American audience the, the reality at our southern border. Well, Jorge, thanks for joining us today. I know how busy you are, and, and we'd love to have you back getting updates from time to time. But God bless you. I'm praying for you. And just keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it right. God bless you, friend. Well, uh, Thank listen. You so much, Robin and Congressman. Oh, you bet. Uh, all right. Now, Bryce, uh, tell everyone. I, I, don't, we can get, uh, what, I got what? 10 seconds to say it. Third service. <laughs> third second. Yeah, listen. Call us in 888-528-2557. Yeah, third segment is all for you guys. We'll see you in a bit. God bless you guys. Yeah, it's soggy Southern California. A good rainstorm coming through. Welcome to SoCal Live. I'm your guest host, Pastor Rob McCoy, Pastor Godspeak Church in Thousand Oaks, California. Joined by Super Bryce. We're just going to go that way. We're just going to tell him you're Super Bryce. You land the planes. All right. I don't mind it. That's good. And then our guest is a six-term congressman from Ohio, Congressman Bob McEwen, who lit it up uh, in the first part of the hour. But listen, we made a promise to the audience that 
all of the listeners, this is your segment. This is the freest uh, minutes in, in America because there's no tech censorship. You want to call in, you want to talk, you agree with us, you disagree with us, bring it on. And, and Bryce, tell them how to do it, and we're going to turn the, the, the entire moment over to them. So tell them how to do it. Yeah, so uh, 888-528-2557. Let's be civil. No ad hominem attacks. Let's yeah. have a good time. You know, we're, we're here, like Dennis Prager says, to seek clarity versus agreement. Yeah, you don't have to agree with us, but just be, be, be clear in what it is that you're stating. So uh, with that, uh, all folks are welcome to call in. We're going to start with uh, Dan on uh, line one. Dan, you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you. How you doing, friend? Good, good. Thank you. Um, I'm uh, frustrated because so often, you know, when I listen to conservatives or even conservative talk shows or even Christian talk shows, we talk about so many of the problems like immigration and the craziness of it. But the left, they ask. They get out there, they fight, they call their legislators, they call their local congressman or senator. They're out there they'll protest in front of a congressman's office or something. They will really fight. They believe in what they do, and they have their fists in the air. What I find too often with conservatives or Christians, we, we just talk about it, and then we say, you know, get out there and vote. Yeah, Dan, that's... Dan, that, that's a good point. Uh, Bryce, I mean, he's Dan, Dan's got something here. Oh, yeah, he's preaching to the choir, too, yeah. because uh, we, we talk about that all the time privately. And, and part of it is, I think, is the very nature of conservatives. You know, we're out there busy working. We're out there busy conserving our way of life and not being aggressive in the way that we need to be and standing up for ourselves. Dan, uh, we're in agreement with you, and I was going to maybe let uh, Congressman McEwen chime in, but is there anything you wanted to add to that? I guess we lost him. He's gone. I All think, right. Think, oh, 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 yeah, Dan, Dan, Dan. Is, is there anything you want to add to yeah. it? I was going to have Congressman McEwen chime in, but uh, okay. anything you want to add to it? Yeah, let's do action steps. Let's have A, B, and C. Let's not just talk about it, but let's learn to fight. I don't think we know how to fight. The left's been fighting for the last couple of years, whether it's on voting rights or on whatever. They're in the streets. They do it in front of the congressman's office. We've got to learn more. We can't just vote. We've got to do more than that. We've got to be more active. We have to be more responsible for what's going on, and we're not just by talking. That's not going to do it. So let's get active. Let's do some steps, A, B, and C, and let's do it. Well, Dan, your 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 words haven't fallen on deaf ears. I'm going to take a little bit of time on your comments and and have the panel here talk about it a little bit. I'll let you go because I know you're driving. We'll get another caller, but thank you so much. That though, seriously, that that was profound. Uh, the the right just seems to be apathetic. I mean, we've got 15,280,000 evangelical Christians in California. Half of them aren't registered to vote. And of the half that are registered to vote, only half of those vote. And, and 11% in a non-presidential election. I mean, that is just absolutely pathetic. And it, it is until we're losing everything. And, and what's the uh, – is it Edmund Burke, uh, Bob, the quote? All that's necessary for evil to prosper is for good men to do nothing. And, and when we have the greatest country in the history of the world and live in this beautiful state called the Golden State, and so the people that want to destroy it, the people that want to spray paint all the walls, leave people strangling around, uh, urinating on themselves under the overpasses and all, they've got to work to create that because we had a beautiful place. We took it for granted. What they do is they keep fighting, they keep fighting, they keep fighting, and you see step by step as they, they begin to succeed. Final point, the idea of a boy walking into – or a man walking into a girl's locker room, the absurdity of that – first place that it ever happened, the school district, the person that proposed it, got 11,000 votes. 
pardon me, not 11,000, 1,100 votes. Eleven didn't win by 1,100. They got 1,100 votes. And then from that, everything else began to flow. Three blocks from that school board was one church with 35,000 members. So the reason that we got in this mess is because we allowed them to come in and steal it. You, you, you have said, and, and I love how you describe it, the difference between morality and character. And and you you talk about uh, a child coming home from school. Can can you can you share that illustration? Because it that, that that strikes me as a lot of Christians. We're moral, but we have no I guess character. I mean, talk, and, and talk you, to us. You use the term what is integrity. integrity? Integrity means that you can rely upon it. You say a bank has integrity. You say a stairwell has integrity. It does the things you can count on to get done. And integrity is made up of two things. First of all, morality, and I define morality as not doing what's wrong. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. So you can you can sit on a couch all day and be moral. However, it takes more than that. So the little girl comes home from school, says everybody's picking on Sally today, calling her fatty, fatty and all. But I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Well, the mother can say, that's good. You did not do anything wrong. But for integrity, to be trustworthy, reliable, you have to have something more than that. And it's called character. And I define character as doing what is right. So did you stand up when the, when the thing was being challenged? What we have done is be moral. We stay in our churches, and every time there's a political event, there's always going to be some Awana meeting or some special thing that we have to be doing that's more of a noble cause than protecting this country. And now we see our country being stolen out from under us. I just did the prayer breakfast just about six weeks ago in, in Kiev, Ukraine. Every one of those presidents that were there from neighboring countries, the parliamentarians from around the Europe, all of them were pleading, what is happening to America? They recognize if we allow Satan to destroy this lighthouse for the gospel, mm. they have no hope. You, you always say, if you bind the, as the scripture says, if you bind the strong man, you plunder his house. And, and that's, that's America. Over 80 cents in every dollar of evangelism comes from the United States of America. And, and I get this from pulpits or from pastors all across the country when I'm speaking and they're saying, you're too political. And, and they say, look, I, I just preach the gospel. Well, so do I. But if the gospel is the most important thing, which it is, then the second most important thing should be protecting the government that protects the preaching of that gospel. And when 11,000 uh, Christians are beheaded or, or murdered in, in, in the last few weeks in Nigeria, there's only one country that will put a stop to it. It's not, it's not the Dutch, noble as they are. It's not the Danish, because as noble as they are. It's, if America comes in and puts a stop to it, it's the only place they can speak. You, you cannot travel. You cannot come to the United Nations. You can, unless you enforce that right to life in those countries. Only the United States has the moral capacity to do that, and that's how it maintains peace in the world. When America loses its moral leadership, as it currently is undergoing, we see what happens around the globe. Everyone else sees it. And anybody who votes for this, I don't care if you, if you have a Bible study or if you're the Piper preachers or whoever, if you supported doing this, you have abandoned the gospel around the globe. You said it, 85 cents. And what does that mean? That means that all of the money that goes for global evangelism from the rest of the world combined is only one-fifth as much as the United States of America. Well, uh, joining us is Congressman Bob McEwen, and I'm the guest host on SoCal Live, Rob McCoy. I'm a pastor at Godspeak Church in Thousand Oaks, California. And then we got Bryce Eddy. I call him Super Bryce. Bryce, uh, in this last portion, and we're, we're going to open up also the last segment for callers, too. Uh, share with folks how they can call in. And uh, and you, you finish with one last question for, for Congressman McEwen. Um, and then you, you sign us out because uh, I, I have to tell you, Bob, I've, I've been so blessed by hearing you today. And uh, Bryce asks good questions, and I never let him talk. So take no, that's man. okay. I, I talk enough at home. Hey, so eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the call in number. Uh, love to hear from you. Um, to Dan's point, and, and um, 
I want to actually make a comment about you, Rob, because I don't think Dan knows maybe you well enough or what happened during um, the early point, part of this lockdown. But Godspeak, at great personal cost to you, stood up, uh, you know, defied a lot of the orders and, and said, uh, you know, essentially what was a warning to everybody else. They're going to keep this thing going. And, um, you know, you, you did some amazing work there. And, you know, Bob, you were very supportive in that. And it came to the church many times while we were under fire. Yeah, and we've we've mobilized forces. Now we're in the school boards. We're active in the city council. We're contending at the Ventura uh, supervisors meetings. We started a newspaper. I mean, we're we're doing everything we can. Well, and you've been traveling the the country pretty much nonstop, speaking to other churches, getting them to to mobilize in the very same way. So um, you know, again, Dan was preaching to the choir because that's what we're doing. Yeah, well, I was thankful and for it. The left will do everything they they can get away with, and I just use the example of of, of Rosa Parks. And that is that uh, the National City Bus Company ran buses in 38 cities in 16 states. They would mistreat their customers. It was the, the slave party. It was the slave party of slavery and Jim Crow in, in Montgomery, Alabama, that said that black people couldn't sit up front. And as long as they went to the back of the bus, everything stayed that way. Finally, Rosa Parks said, you're not doing that. But there they went to court, and the court said, you can't tell people where to sit based on their skin color. As long as those people in Sacramento will say, shut down your churches, you can't pray, you can't serve community. As long as you put up with that, as long as you go to the back of the bus, then that's what happens. It takes leadership, a principal character to stand up. And it's high time that we do. And fortunately, Rob, you've been the leader that started this, this march. I pray that there's enough in America to save it before the left takes it over completely. Well, I'll tell you what, for the pastors who tell me that, uh, you know, we shouldn't be in politics and we're to submit to authority, I, I love that story because I tell them, I go, so you're telling me Rosa Parks should have gotten to the back of the bus. You're, you're, you're telling me that Reverend King should have remained, he, you know, he was in wrong, he was in the wrong being in that, that, that prison in Birmingham, Alabama, when all the pastors in the community said, you're on the wrong side of history because you're in jail. And he said, no, you're on the wrong side of history because you're not in jail with me. To, to love our neighbors to contend against tyranny. And, and I, I, you know, look, I get that everybody holds a corner of the stretcher. And, and I don't fault my pastors who, you know, they, they don't want to get super deep into it, but don't despise us when we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce, why don't you prepare us for the next hour? Tell the folks who the guest is and how they can call in and uh, sign us out on this one. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got Congressman Madison Cawthorn uh, calling in. Excited to have him on with us. Youngest um, congressman in the history of the country. He is. And he's an amazing guy with tremendous energy and doing, uh, doing the Lord's work. All right. Uh, what's the number then call in so they can get ready for that last segment? Yeah, so it's 888-528-2557. All right, folks, we'll see you in the next hour. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us on SoCal Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.